Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Good morning. Welcome to Red Sea Roundup. Today is Wednesday, March 13th, 2019. I am your host, Gene Wilhelm, and today is the Feast of St. Angelus of Pisa. He was one of the uh, early Franciscans. As a matter of fact, St. Francis uh, sent him to uh, France, I think actually to Paris, to establish a Franciscan uh, house there, and then went on to England, where he established uh, the Franciscans in, in England and became a uh, uh, someone that Saint, uh, that uh, King Henry, I think King Henry II, leaned upon, and he averted a civil war in England through his efforts. And uh, I, was, I will not refrain from using that Saint Angelus, must have, being from Pisa, must have had some Franciscan leanings. <laughs> oh, Gene, you are quick this morning. Good morning, folks. This is your station director and general manager, Thaddeus Romanski. How are y'all? Gene, how are you? Always good I to see am, you on a dreary It It, is, it has morning. been dreary here except for a couple of days, and uh, I'm here, and I came in between showers. So I'm doing all right. Oh, I'm glad you got cleaned up this morning for us. Thanks. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> see, I, see how I did that? You sure did. We've got a lot going on. We sure uh, do. And uh, I was going to mention a little bit about the uh, readings for today. The first reading is from the third chapter of Jonah, which talks about Jonah's second call from God and going to the people of Nineveh and the people of Nineveh repent. And Jesus uh, calls to task in the gospel of the religious leaders of his time who uh, he said that the people of Nineveh would rise up and condemn because they didn't repent. And I, I realized that uh, part of the problem there was that uh, although the uh, pagans, the non-believers, heard the call to repentance and did something about it, those who were believers didn't think they had a need for repentance. And sometimes that can happen to all of us, can't it, uh, Thaddeus? Yeah, it really can. We can be blinded to our own shortcomings. It kind of goes back to uh, why Jesus needed to tell people, hey, ch- take a look at for that uh, that beam in your own eye before you start trying to pick the splinters out of out of someone else's. You know, you have to you have to be aware of your own need for repentance and um, change. And the other thing uh, today is the beginning of the eighth day of Lent. So we've already had seven days of Lent thus far. Some of us may be a little disappointed with ourselves in that we are not being too faithful to our Lenten promises for change, but it's not a reason for discouragement. Uh, maybe you just need to adjust what you decided you were going to do. Maybe you picked, picked uh, something to do that is just really too difficult, too, too major. Do something minor uh, where you can have success because God will ex- expect – will. Uh, be just as happy with that as if you do something, pick something too big to do that is uh, impossible for you. Yeah, if you had big expectations and you haven't been able to quite meet those those goals, scale them back a little bit, but don't give up. And if you haven't made any, set any expectations for Lent, 
uh, it's not too late to do that. Right. And we think that uh, we have our Lenten listening challenge going on right now. We're just asking you to add an hour of Catholic radio into your day, Red Sea Catholic radio into your day. If you're listening five hours, listen six. If you're listening zero hours or only 15 minutes at a time, make it an effort to uh, listen an hour. And if you put our app on your phone, uh, makes it even easier to find times during the day when you can listen. Maybe you can add it in when you're uh, working out at the gym or you're out in the garden or something like that. Um, do that, and that'll give you some inspiration, some uh, some fortifi- fortification for uh, for taking up those Lenten disciplines if you haven't been able to yet. And that app is especially good for people that live on the fringes of our listening yes. areas uh, because uh, you can hear it consistently when you do that. That's right. We're trying to follow Pope Francis's call to, you know, go out to the the margins, right? Right, right, Gene, with our app so that people who are on the margins of our listening area can can hear us better. Uh, are you addressing me that I'm on the margins? Then? No, not at all. Never, <laughs> never would do that. Hey, you're listening to Red Sea Catholic Radio, and this is uh, Thaddeus Romanski and Gene Wilhelm, your host, and we're saying hi to our 88.5 listeners here in Bryan College Station and our 98.3 listeners in Waco and our 107.9 listeners in Palestine. And our Waco listeners, we've got a benefit dinner in Waco on April 25th at Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Waco. Please come out. You can get tickets and tables for that now. RedSeaRadio.org slash donate. RedSeaRadio.org slash donate. Spots are starting to fill up. For Tom Peterson, the president of Catholics Come Home, he's going to speak to us about how we can be Catholic heroes in the everyday, be inspired by the lives of the saints, and he's going to talk about some really miraculous events that happened in his own life, um, encounters with Christ and others. Our listeners in this area, uh, if you have friends in the Waco area, you probably heard Tom Peterson, was it last year? In, in November, on November 1st, as a matter of November fact. November 1st. So uh, you know how good a speaker he is and what a great message he has. So encourage your friends in the Waco area to, to attend the benefit dinner, if for no other reason, to listen to Tom Peterson. Yeah, $25 tickets, uh, table sponsorships start at $500. We're, we're still looking for, uh, we'd like to step up our amount of table sponsorships uh, this year in Waco, we'd like to get a few more table sponsorships. So if you're if you're kicking around the idea of doing that for us and supporting us in that way, please do so. Um, it would it would make Stephanie Lee, our station director there, just warm the cockles of her heart. And something else is going on in the Waco area in the immediate future, isn't it? That is. Yes, sir. We've got a women's axe retreat coming up. That's at St. Louis in Waco. Our good friend. Father Ryan Higdon is the uh, pastor there. We've got a women's axe retreat kicking off March 28th through the 31st. Go to the St. Louis Waco website and you can register there and get more information. Uh, I've had family members, uh, women and men, go through the axe process. People come out on the other side better than they went in, I would say. Yes, and those of you who don't know exactly what axe is, maybe are familiar more with, familiar with Cresil or mm-hmm. Chirp. Axe is very familiar with that, uh, similar to that. And uh, my guest today in a pre-recorded interview is going to be Sean Jerica, 
and he is doing yeah, the that's same, right. same acts. It was originally acts, I think, acts for prisons or something like that, and it's now called the Colby Retreats. Mm-hmm. So, and it's it's very different. And if you're looking for something Ignatian and silent, you will not find it in Acts, but you will find something very solid and very good. Yes, you will. Yes, you will, and you'll find. Um You'll find fraternity or sorority in, in the case of the, the ladies, and you might come out on the other side with some new, some new friends who will help support you in your, in your faith. And the Acts Retreat gives you an opportunity to look at yourselves again, but it's, it, like I say, it's very different because the yeah. people uh, uh, that give you the talks uh, bear their souls and, and uh, give you encouragement that right. the change is possible. Right. And that's what... That's what this season of Lent is all about. We're trying to um, grow more deeply in our relationship with our Lord, and we're taking up these practices to uh, to endure the experience some of the suffering that that He went through on the cross to to save us. We're we're putting our sufferings and our tribulations at the foot of the cross with Him, um, and we're we're seeking that that better understanding of our own need for repentance, like like Gene was talking about in the readings for today. And we got to keep our eyes fixed on heaven, right? Gene, that's what we're trying to get to. We're trying well, to get to heaven. In, in Hebrews 12, it talks about with such a great cloud of witnesses that uh, we shouldn't get distracted. And it talks about keep your eyes on Jesus, mm-hmm. get, not, not getting distracted by all the things of the world. That's right. That's right. Um, what else we got going on? What else did we... We, we, we went we, through a lot of things we, we wanted to talk about. We talked about several things. Uh, I, I don't know about the Lenten penance celebrations in the Waco area or in the Palestine area, but oh, I yes, do yes, yes. know that here in the Bryan College Station area, uh, there's really not an excuse for not being able to get confession during Lent. Yeah, and we've got a page on our website now, redseeradio.org slash confession, have all the sites uh, and times listed for you right there. Pull it up anytime. And you can find out that time and place that works best for you. And uh, I will mention one place here that if you, if if the, those times don't work for you, there's there are confessions every day somewhere in the Bryan College Stationery, and I'm sure there are in the Waco area as well. Yep. And one that comes to mind uh, that works for some people is that between about eleven thirty and twelve on Wednesdays and Fridays there are confessions at St. Thomas Aquinas. However, you need to come early because there's usually 30 or 40 people in line, just as like there are almost every day here at St. Mary's. But here at St. Mary's Catholic Center in College Station, this spring break here at Texas A&M, this is a good time to come over. And those for, con- con- the confessions here are about 4.30 in the afternoon. Uh, 4 to four, four to 5.30. Okay. Yeah. So right now you, you're not going to have a lot of uh, – you're not going to have as much competition, competition so to speak. So – this week's a good week to come over and do that. Mm-hmm. And what, what is so encouraging to me when I see the lines of confession is that uh, people are taking advantage of the sacrament of reconciliation. That's right. That's right. Uh, uh, so if you come and you see a big line, don't be discouraged. Be encouraged that people are really taking their Catholic faith ser- seriously. And, and Amen. And other way, another way to um, deepen your Lent uh, make it more fruitful. Uh, two Regnum Christi events here in the Bryan College Station area for ladies. Um, an evening of reflection on April 11th, 2019, uh, is the 
theme, Joy of the Resurrection, at St. Joseph Catholic Church. We'll start running a PSA for that pretty soon here, but that's April 11th, and that's at 6 p.m. Mass, and then after that is the Evening of Reflection, Thursday, April 11th. Donation of $10 per person, but if you can't swing that donation, that's okay. Still, please come. And this is a very, this is not necessarily during Lent, but uh, Saturday, May 11th, Our Ladies Brunch, their annual Our Ladies Brunch, 9 a.m. to noon at St. Thomas Aquinas. You can start making plans for that. Maybe start planning how you're going to uh, decorate your table if you plan to uh, to do that. But we'll have more information, more details about that as we get a little closer to the Our Lady's Brunch, Saturday, May 11th, St. Thomas Aquinas. Um, our Palestine listeners, they are still in the middle of their consecration to Mary, Marian oh. consecration that ends on our on the Feast of the Annunciation, March 25th. But those are... Um, the prayers for that are on our website. If you haven't been uh, participating in that, that might be something that you want to to join in for the last few weeks of the um, of that Marian consecration to our station there in Palestine. The other thing that comes to my mind is that usually at the uh, uh, Easter vigil. There are a lot of people that are either coming into the church, into full communion with the church, or receiving sacraments that they haven't received before. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, each of us, uh, it's incumbent upon us to to pray for everybody that that they are at peace with what they're doing, that they're because uh, we all know that the enemy is going to have a lot of attacks upon the people that are making this commitment mm-hmm. and also upon the people who are helping them to, to get to where they need to be. So it's an excellent time for us to pray for everybody that's involved in any way, shape, or form with RCIA. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you know somebody that's in that process or someone that is working with RCIA, it might be a good time to just uh, give a little encouragement uh, without being too invasive into what's going on. And... Remind us again, what are the three pillars of Lent, Gene? Talk a little bit about those. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I'm so much older than you, Thaddeus, I have totally forgotten. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you a little prompting. So so praying. Prayer prayer and fasting and almsgiving. You're talking about those three? Yes, sir. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Okay. And so? Just run through... uh, why are we asked to do those things? Um, I'm, off, I'm just asking you off the top of your head, but uh, give us some, some reflection or insight about they're, the they're importance really th- of those. Uh, there are really things that we should be doing all the time. Uh, it, I would say that if you aren't having a regular prayer time, Lent is a good time to start. And, and if you, all you can do is five minutes, and I'm not talking about five minutes behind the wheel of the car, and I'm not talking about praying a rosary on your way to work or whatever— just five minutes of listening to what God has to say to you. My way of doing it typically is finding a passage of Scripture. The, the daily readings are a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't have a Magnificat or a Word Among Us or one of the other uh, missalette type things at the house, uh, you can always go to the uh, USCCB 
website. All you, all you have to do is do a web search for mass readings, and you can get those. That's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you'll find is that that uh, with that is that God really does love you, and He wants to to speak to you. And you may not hear an audible voice, but typically you can pick up something in the daily readings and just ponder. And the praying doesn't have to be anything other other than just pondering in your mind what's going on and knowing that God is speaking to you through those thoughts. Meditation. You're meditating on the readings. Meditating on the readings. You're you're looking for Uh, that stirring of the Spirit. Fasting. uh, And uh, there are only really two days where we are required to fast during Lent. One is Ash Wednesday, and and one is on Good Friday, which mm-hmm. means that for those that are younger than I am, that, that what the church requires is you have one full meal and two small meals that don't add up to a full meal. Uh, there are other ways that you can fast, and, and the giving up the chocolate, that's really a fast. Uh, maybe turning off, turning off, uh, the news in the car and listening to Red Sea Radio, that's a fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, or just having silence in the car while you're driving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, a- anything that you do to deny yourself is a fast. And yeah. the reason for that is that what happened, has happened so frequently to us is that uh, we get so involved in gratifying ourselves. Uh, the The, the Typical word for that is the flesh. Uh, the Bible that I use, the, the Jerusalem Bible, talks about it as self-indulgence, yeah. that we are so self-indulgent in so many ways that in these fasts that we're talking about, that it is a way to deny yourself so that you can, you know, when, when uh, Paul talked to Timothy, he said, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. So what the purpose of the fast is to help us to get more self-control. Right. And God wants us to have that, and it's not an impossible situation. And again, it's, uh, I, I just encourage people to do the little things. If you do a little thing each day, then you have an opportunity to do something bigger down the road. It's sort of like when you start an exercise program. Uh, you don't do 100 push-ups the first day or, right. or lift 150 pounds uh, of weight. Or maybe you don't even you don't even uh, run on the treadmill for an hour, or maybe maybe you're only able to do five minutes, and mm-hmm. that's all you're able to, do. and that's good. Just do what you can do, and honestly, what you can do, and that's and that will help you get more control over your life rather than being so subject to all of the things that are at, the arrows that are shot at you during the day. And all those practices, they what they do too is they open us up to the grace that God is trying to pour into us. They open us up to his presence and they make us uh, this, they make us choose to be uh, obedient to him and make him the Lord of our life rather than ourselves or our passions or the world, right? That's true. I, I, I recall uh, when I was much younger that there was a commercial on TV for a particular brand of toothpaste in which they would have somebody throw a baseball or something at the person that was doing the announcing, and they had this thick piece of plastic between them. And the, the idea was that the toothpaste was that protection. Well, what we do frequently is we put this barrier up between us and God, and uh, God's pouring those graces out, but it's just running down this barrier that we have rather than, than being right. s- saturated with the grace. And the last one, of course, is almsgiving. And uh, almsgiving is sharing of our resources. 
And we always we know about the financial almsgiving, but you can give yourself in other ways too. Uh, maybe saying saying hello to a neighbor who's housebound, or uh, even just smiling at the person in, in the supermarket as you're being checked out. Uh, it's a way of giving of yourself. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it yes. Primarily, we think about as doing a financial giving, but it's there. And we're about out of time, aren't we? We are, Gene. Well, it's been a real pleasure talking to you, and I hope that uh, some of these events will interest people and that people will take advantage of them as we go forward in Lent. We'll be back on the other side with Sean Jerica talking about Colby Prison Ministry. Thank you so much, and have a blessed day. Welcome back to Red Sea Roundup. I'm your host, Gene Wilhelm, and I have with me today uh, in this pre-recorded segment, Sean Jerica, uh, who some of you know and some of you may not know. Good morning, Sean. Morning, Gene. How are you? I am doing great in yourself. I'm wonderful. Thank the you. morning we're recording this is, is a rather chilly morning here in the Bryan College Station area. Yes, sir. Uh, having been grown up about nine hours north of here, it's not cold by those standards, but it's cold by the standards that I've come become accustomed to. This is very true. Freezing is uh, not normal. And you come from a part of the country that you don't even get at this cold most of the time, right? Very true. Corpus Christi. So, no. It's uh, very unusual to have freezing. So, so uh, you, you, you're telling me before the program that you haven't been in uh, the Bryan College Station area that long. Uh, three years and three weeks. Wow. I remember when you and Michelle first moved here that, that I would see you at Mass frequently, and I was wondering, who are those new folks? <laughs> That's us. <laughs> That's you. Yeah. And so uh, you've, uh, you spent, did you spend most of your time in Corpus Christi before you got here? Oh, uh, I went to school in Gregory, Portland, which is a suburb of there. Went to college at Texas A&I, then okay. moved away for work in West Texas and Oklahoma. Wow. And then back to West Texas and back to Corpus Christi. So in West Texas and in Oklahoma, you got to experience some of the colder weather as well. It was cold there. <laughs> yeah, well, first uh, winter in Oklahoma, it snowed uh, about a foot or so, and that was pretty unusual from a guy from Corpus at very seldom saw snowflakes. And there's also something that you're involved in that's pretty unusual for most guys. Uh, you're involved in the Colby ministry at the uh, the uh, state prison in uh, Navasota, correct? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. Tell us a little bit about what Colby is. I mean, and uh, because I've, I've done, a little, done a little research, and I know that Colby came out of the Axe Retreat Movement, basically out of the Axe Retreat Movement, but, but a guy who was doing the other prison ministry, which is called Kairos. So. That's correct. Yeah, it, uh, it was born out of uh, the Axe Movement, and the Axe is about 30-so years old. I might be yeah. wrong on that. Um, and I did my first Axe Retreat about 10 years ago when I was in Corpus Christi. Um, I was, um, 
so uh, I got to know it then as it was called Acts Prison Ministry. And that was a pretty good experience for me. So you were in the ex-prison ministry in Corpus a little while? No. Um, many of the men that were on team with me were, though. And I always wanted to do it, but never had the time. Uh, it was always some conflict between what I was doing and when those things were. But once I moved here, I had a great opportunity with a... Um, uh, with the parish in Navasota, who are really a bunch of parishes in the Houston Diocese, which Navasota is actually in the Houston Diocese. And so that's where we assist with that ministry. So how, I, I, I never have quite understood how that all worked because I know that, that uh, you attend St. Thomas Aquinas in College Station. That's correct. And that uh, there were some people involved in the Kairos ministry uh, previous to the Colby ministry at St. Thomas, and then there was a transition that was made. What What is the basic difference between Kairos and Colby, or do you, do you know? Yeah, um, I haven't been on uh, both, so but I can tell you what I understand. The Kairos was a interdenominational movement. Um, Colby is a Catholic movement based on the Acts ministry, which is also an, a Catholic movement that— um, some of the primary differences that you'll see are things like um, the um, exoneration of the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. You know, we have um, perpetual uh, Eucharistic adoration available. It's not really uh, present, I should say, not available. Unfortunately, the prisoners can't partake of it, but they, but Christ is still present in His real presence in the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Inside the prison, and I've had some of my most, um, not some of, I've had my most phenomenal uh, religious experiences in there, in front of the Eucharist in a prison. Why do you think that is, Sean? Well, I guess there's probably lots of reasons, but um, I would say part of it would be that you have this place that's got a lot of evil in it, but then you bring Christ present in the Eucharist, and all of a sudden, everything gets washed in his cleansing, just like the divine mercy. You know, the rays go out all over the prison, just like, um, just like the divine mercy rays spread out of Christ. Sounds, so I see it. Sounds to me a little bit like the old Christopher saying that in the darkness you light you light that one light, and you can see it for f- quite a way. So it sounds as though that's what you experienced with the exposed uh, Eucharist. At, yes. Uh, yeah, and three, three days of exposed Eucharist inside of a prison, inside of any place, is going to get some pretty good cleansing going on mm-hmm. and a lot of light. Okay. Uh, so you've been participating in the Colby retreats. How many? How long has it been going on with the folks that you're with? Um, they've been doing it for quite some time, um, probably 10 years or more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally have only been doing it there a year and a half. A year so and a half. It took a while for me to get settled here and get to know where some folks were that were doing it. But you got very involved because I know that I hear you promoting it frequently and asking for people that want to be involved in the Colby ministry. So what motivated you to do all this? Uh, I, I guess part of it is just a calling that I felt like I've had to, to do any kind of prison or jail ministry. 
um, I started doing, I, uh, we lived in Bernie for a little while. So while I was in Bernie, I did some ministry with the um, county jail, and that was pretty, pretty, um, uh, pretty exciting and pretty fruitful, not only for me, but for people I got to work with. But I always called, um, you know, the um, men and white that are in the, in the prisons are very smart. They're very learned. They get um, time to read and learn. So I always uh, liken it to my uh, Bible study uh, group. <laughs> so I always learn a lot when I go help. So you've been involved about a year and a half. And I'm, I can tell from what, how I've known you over the last year and a half that things have changed in your life just because of being in the Colby ministry. Uh, would you have something to share there that, that you think has changed in your life? Um, I guess one, there's probably a lot of things, but I guess one thing would be just the understanding of, you know, the the men inside the units are men just like you and I, and they make mistakes just like you and I. And in some cases, their mistakes got them somewhere where, you know, my mistakes didn't get me there. So, um... Some of it's the grace of God and some of it's choices, but it's a combination of things. So I look back at things that, you know, look, look back over my life. It's not been perfect. So, you know, could could a errant thing have caused me to have ended up there, you know, possibly. So it's really living uh, yesterday's gospel that, that you, you notice that you've got a beam in your own eye before you try to minister to somebody else. Yeah, I guess that's a great way of uh, putting it, yeah. So uh, one of the things you were talking about uh, with, with uh, Colby when we were speaking earlier was that originally it was called was Acts for Prisons or Ask, Acts in Prison? I think it was uh, Acts Prison Ministry or something along those lines. But it was and it was part of Acts originally or started out of Acts. But there's some, um, uh, I'm going to call it copyright. And I might not have the, the right wording, but there's some copyright issues that Acts um, require certain things to happen at their retreats. And some of those things can occur in a prison. Well, well you know, can you name, name one or two of them, if you well, would, please? The biggest one that I remember is just that an axe retreat is requires an overnight stay, and you can't have an overnight stay in prison. You know, the team can't stay overnight there. Oh, okay. So, you know, that's just one of them. And I'm yeah. sure that the prisoners can't be put together in a different arrangement from what they're normally done overnight either. That's right. So you have a few of those kind of things. You have uh, an environment that has interruptions, you know. They'll have different things happen during the prison. Usually they'll have counts multiple times a day, which, you know, everyone's got to get up and go do their count, which isn't that big a deal. It's just, you know, rearranges the schedule. And so for all those related reasons, you can't have the same schedule on a Colby retreat that you have to have on an axe retreat. And so anybody who's been on a Crisil or a Chirp or an axe retreat knows that it's very intense and that there are no interruptions except those planned by the leaders of the retreat. And so you've got, you're making accommodations for the environment in which you find yourself. That's right. 
Yeah, because the, the leader in the prisons are the chaplain and the warden. So you have to, uh, you know, make sure that you're doing things to make them happy and following following the rules that they gave you. And that, and that sometimes uh, you must feel like a prisoner yourself when you're there. Uh, well, I've had some interesting moments again on my Colby retreat. Um, I guess it'd be a, Paul, a Paulian moment, but I had an experience that was very, I don't know, I just had an in- interesting experience that made me feel like I understand how Paul felt being in, imprisoned, you know, with some of the things that was going on. So uh, I, I had interviewed my brother on this program a year or more ago, and uh, I seem to recall he said basically the same thing. Sometimes you feel you have a very uh, emotional experience where you relate to the prisoners because you feel confined yourself just as they are. Yeah. So yeah. you have just a little bit of an experience with that. Yeah. Yeah, and I had some other experiences with cold, unusual coldness, and I kept thinking about how as bad as prison is in our state and in our country, as rough as it would be to to have to be there, um, it's actually a pretty comfortable place. And when Paul was a prisoner, he didn't have any of that. He had a rock floor and whatever coat he might have brought in, whatever food people might have brought to him, and whatever uh, clothing or other things they might have brought to him, or unless someone took it away, you know, a guard could have taken it or someone else. But so those things don't happen here. And frequently in the prisons at that time, you were chained to something in the floor rather than having some of the freedom in our prisons today. Yeah, very true. Yeah, chain there, and you're on a cold, giant slab of rock uh, in a dingy, you know, dark place. It would have been very disheartening, but I had some moments like that. But then if you you read about Paul, he and Silas uh, didn't uh, allow that to stop them from praising God to the point where the earthquake let set them free. Amen. So do you find that in that in the prison ministry that you're in, in the Colby ministry, that there is a uh, setting of free of some of the men that are there? I mean, absolutely. Uh, just kind of like you were talking about being on retreat. Um, anyone that's been on a retreat and, you know, having been on an axe retreat um, about 10 years ago and then some subsequent teams, I You know, I went on my retreat, and I'm thinking, man, you know, it's not going to get any better than this. And then I went on team, and, whoa, I was wrong. It got better. And then I went on, you know, many years later, finally got to go help on this Colby ministry, which I had been wanting to do for years. Uh, And uh, that is just way more powerful than being on the team on on an axe or any other kind of mission uh, outside the prison. That sort of tells us that we are blessed much more when we serve than when then we are served. Amen. Amen. Great answer. How many uh, typically? How many people go in as a part of the team for a Colby ministry? Um, I can tell you right now we've got a, a similar retreat, but it's called uh, it's called uh, 
St. Stephen ministry. Uh, Dismas, right? St. Dismas. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Because you, you're involved different... in the Stephen's ministry as well. I can understand. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, yeah, I get uh, all the great saints in my head right now. Um, so, St. Dismas, who is the thief on the cross, uh, who was uh, forgiven by Christ and uh, brought to it, um, brought to paradise that day. Um, that's who this other retreat's named for. And it's very similar to the Colby and the Curcio. It has a very similar setup. Um, but right now we've got 40 people on team for that one. And how and many how many prisoners will you have? We'll have seventy two retreatants. We'll have, uh, and we like to refer to them as men in white as opposed to prisoners or okay. something else. Yeah. I'll try to remember that terminology. Yeah, yeah. Or brothers in white is even. And, better. and when is that retreat? This Dismas retreat coming up? It's March twenty third or that weekend thereabouts. No, okay, it's, so I think it's like the twenty second through twenty fourth. Okay, so the, over the Feast of St. Joseph on the 23rd. Oh, yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's awesome. So uh, what? How? It's some, if we have a listener here that, that uh, knows this is going on, how, how would a listener pray for this particular retreat? What, what, what should they pray for, uh, on that, for to happen on that particular retreat? Um, I guess there's a lot... I would pray for, I'd pray for uh, peace and I'd pray for the intercession of the Holy Spirit to bring peace upon all those people involved in it, to have peace before it. Um, Anyone that's been on any retreat or any retreat team, you realize that the enemy is very prevalent before, and this is true in the um, Colby retreats as well. Last year, when we were starting to do some of the the retreats previously, um, you know, they had different things going on, and they had units shut down, and they had uh, all the uh, men in white were shipped around to different places. And so that kind of, when I went on my first retreat at the PAC unit, that was something that was really interesting. It was like... Are we even going to have a retreat because all the all the men were moving in and out. And that was right before, right after uh, uh, the hurricane a year and a half ago. Oh, okay. so uh, there were lots of people moved out, and then lots of people moved in to make room for those that were in South Texas. Yes, yeah, yeah. So there were a lot of people that were moved up from different places. It was also very interesting when you look at God's hand on things. And you say, okay, so here's this retreat that's going on. We don't know, this is the same with any retreat, but in particular with this one, you don't know who's going to be there. You don't know who's God is calling to be there. And in this case, he called a whole bunch of people from a whole lot of places to come and then to be sent out. So here's all these people that have been filled up with the Holy Spirit and then sent out. Mm-hmm. They were sent out and sent away to other places. So that spirit got to be, that spark got to be continued into many places, you know, from those original sparks at the PAC unit. Can you think of somebody, uh, and you've been on several of these, uh, Colby and now on Dismas Retreat. Can you think of any 
man in white in particular that struck you that you saw just what you consider a miraculous transformation? And you don't you don't need to use any names or anything, but I'm sure you've seen a lot of them. But do any of them stand out in your mind? Um, There are several that stand out in mind. Um, uh, I guess the one thing that's kind of interesting, you look at a lot of a lot of times um, folks in prison will uh, tattoo themselves and lots of times, you know, it's very common to have a face tattoo or multiple face tattoos. But I can remember one gentleman that was on the retreat that grew a beard to uh, cover up his face tattoos so that, you know, he would, he had, I guess, grown ashamed of those things and wanted to hide them. But, uh, you know, again, the spiritual growth on that retreat was amazing as well. Just looking at how someone can be so touched by the Holy Spirit. One in particular, a different one I can think of, um, this one was in Huntsville because we helped on a on a retreat there too, which is not that far away to help, you know. Um, there was someone there that we had, um, uh, Roger Martinez was on the retreat and he had uh, some blessed objects and was able to bless some things for people and it was pretty uh Pretty amazing transformational experience. What uh, is there anything that you recall that one of the transformations that you saw that that you recall? Or I mean, sometimes it's hard to do that in retrospect. Yeah. You just know it was so amazing that that uh, that something had happened. Uh, yeah, that's that's true. I would say that there were several uh, men that signed up for RCIA after that. Ooh. So. Again, that's something that Rogers uh, Roger helps uh, teach right now at the PAC unit. Wow. So that's pretty amazing. And there's several other gentlemen that are going to uh, step in as well and help with those things. So there, there, you actually have some conversions taking place. It's not necessarily that just Catholics come to the Colby retreat. That's true. Or maybe they're Catholics that didn't receive all their sacraments, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'd only been baptized, or maybe they'd been, you know, received the first communion. Um, you know, there's several that could remember that, but also knew that they hadn't been confirmed. So this, in some cases, was was a continuation, and in other cases, it was a it was a conversion. So it was both. It was pretty awesome. One of the things that I would imagine that comes out of the Colby retreat is that these men experience love unconditional love from other men and that must be amazing to them yeah yeah that's something that they really don't get and that's really kind of that's probably one of the biggest mind-blowing things for them is that here's someone that's willing to you know as a man to um, give them and show them love and to, and to be able to uh, you know give them a hug or something and they say you know the only time anyone ever touches us in prison is if you know we're in trouble and we're getting a uh, you know, searched or whatever else it might be. So, is that, Does that feel strange uh, when you do that type of thing? Um, or did you, are you ever scared? No, I was never scared, I guess. So strange is probably a good word, though. Um, but, you know, was it strange to give hugs on my first team experience on Axe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, you know, is it a, it's, it's a familiar strange, I guess. It's a, little, it's a different setting and it's a different group of men. But at the end of the day, you know, we all, we are the hands of God. So we need to keep using, using them. When you go on an axe retreat or you work an axe retreat, there's a pretty diverse uh, group of men. Well, we're going to talk men because we're men here. I'm sure, I'm sure it's the same with women, but I can't, I, I can't speak for the women's yeah. retreat. Yeah, I haven't been on one. No, neither have I. But uh, there's a very diverse group, and sometimes it's difficult to relate to some of the people, even at your table, at, at an axe retreat. Yeah. And I'm sure that it's it's even more so when you're a team member uh, working a Colby retreat or a Dismas retreat or whatever it happens to be, that that they are so different that you you sometimes you may not even know how, how you can proceed. Right. Um, yeah, that's very true. Um, the um, I guess there's a lot of healing that occurs with the reconciliation, but you're right. There's so many different people on retreat. You've got, I mean, there were some men that had been on a retreat, so this was another cool thing that we had, that I observed on my first retreat. So we were also, you know, praying about we need musicians and we need inside help and we need all of these things. Well, again, kind of at the last minute, all of these Men get shipped in, and lo and behold, you know some of them are musicians, and some of them play it played at masses at their other uh, units that they were at. So here's God's Holy Spirit hand filling us up and and filling in all of these blanks. But there were several men also helping in behind the scenes. So it was also interesting because the Eucharist again was behind a curtain. It was present. Any one of his team members that wanted to go. And we actually had a schedule as well. So we were all in adoration at some point during mm-hmm. the, the retreat. Uh, but to see these men that understood that presence that were working and they would pause and bow, they you know, couldn't step in. They couldn't be in full adoration, but at least they knew that Christ was there and present. And so seeing that and seeing the, that um, understanding uh, grow as the retreat went on, you know, more and more men would do that. It's like, okay, there were more and more understanding, more and more understanding of that reality going on. And uh, same thing with reconciliation. As the retreat progresses, eventually there's a time for that. And, you know, you have, you know, there are many, many men that, you know, said, this is the first time I've been to reconciliation in 30 years. So it's got to be, not got to be, it was an amazing healing experience. I imagine for you as well as for the men that are there. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing to be helping. What Extremely humbling. I, I would think, uh, maybe you have some comments on this, that after you've done that retreat, or you've worked that retreat, you find out that there are really a lot more commonality between you and the men in white then there are differences. That's true. Yeah, there's a lot of commonality. Uh, they're hungry for faith. They're hungry to, for knowledge. They're hungry to grow. And so, again, one thing you had on this retreat, which is a little bit different than some of the others, we had a lot of a lot of men that were non-Catholic. We probably had more non-Catholics than Catholics. Um, 
and that's okay. That's part of the way the Colby is set up. But again, that was a way to help witness to things. But also, we weren't there. You know, we were there partially to witness, but main, mainly we were there to show them love and show them, you know, some Holy Spirit moments and show them some other good things. It just occurred to me that we've been talking about Colby Retreat. Why is it called Colby for those folks that don't? Some folks who yeah. are listening to us may not know why it's called the Colby Retreat. Yeah, it's named after St. Maximilian Colby. And uh, St. Uh, Colby, um, St. Max, I like to call him, was uh, a prisoner, I believe, at Auschwitz. Um, and he was... Uh, one of, he had been there for a while and was always given different things to do. Um, and one day, someone escaped. And so they lined up a bunch of people and said, okay, someone escaped, and uh, five of y'all or some number were going to be executed. And so they picked their five, one of which was a father who had uh, four kids. And uh, St. Max said, uh I'll go. I'll go in his place. And as I remember, if I remember the story correctly, the man that he replaced wasn't even Catholic or Christian. Correct. Yeah. So it's you. Know, so it's a giving of yourself. Yeah. For the other person. Yeah. So that they can have a life. That's right. Yeah, and then they their execution style for him was uh, starvation, which he didn't succumb to for thirty days. So yeah. There's and, some and, well, and, and, then, moments. and then the uh, the those folks over the prison made sure that the execution did happen. They did uh, eventually execute, I believe, with the lethal lethal injection. But yeah. I could be wrong. But he yeah. was executed by different means later. Now, if, going back to the ministry in the prison, uh, do you have men who are in all phases of their incarceration there? Some that are they're just getting there and some that are maybe six months from uh, a availability of parole and yeah. and all phases in between? Exactly. Yeah. In fact, I can remember, you know, most of them were um, in the units that we've been in have been more, they've either been there for a while or, or were going to be there for a while. Uh, so, yeah, I've seen all different um, ranges of, of uh, incarcerations. Uh, many of them had been there more than once. So that's another thing that's really important with with this is to find a way to get um, the men in white engaged in society after the retreat. So somehow we got to do those do those things as well. Is there is there a follow up after uh, after the retreat? Is there a follow up that takes place where you go back into the prison and work with with and work with the men in white, yeah. or uh, is it just the retreat and then they're on their own? No, there's a follow-up. We have uh, one or two different follow-ups after that retreat, and then we try and keep some other things going. Um, but it's, uh, it's a pretty cool reunion that we have um, about 30 days later. Uh, as, as far as the team goes, uh, I know that, that there are people who are on the outside coming in to – Give the retreat. Uh, is there an opportunity in that environment for prisoners who've been through a Colby retreat to come back and be, participate as team members? Yeah, actually, there is. Uh, so that was one of, again one of the unique things at that PAC unit when they had a bunch of men coming in from all different places. 
we actually had about eight, I think, men that had already been on a retreat. And so they were able to help us behind the scenes. Um, so that was not behind the scenes, but to help us instead of participate. So they're helping with food or helping with other things. I imagine cool. uh, it, it really does something for uh, uh, a man in white who sees another man in white serving him where I, I understand. My understanding is that frequently it's every man for himself in a prison. Yeah, and that's very true. Once you've gone on this retreat, one thing that was really phenomenal as well is seeing all of these men stand up and say, okay, I have your back, so I'm going to take care of you. You're now, you know, we're now brothers in this, uh, you know, or Colby brothers. They didn't, I'm not sure if they use that term or not, but uh, that's kind of how they thought of themselves after that retreat. And a number of them stood up and said that. That must be very uh, encouraging that you are putting forth the effort to do that. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a, there's a different ways to keep that going. And it, it is unusual to have some, some of that going on, but it was good to have a, a, a brotherhood develop inside. If we have a listener here that's maybe not in the Bryan College Station area or Navasota area, that is interested, is there a place that they can go to get more information about Colby Retail? Or could, could they contact somebody around here to, to say, I'd like to participate in this or maybe see how I could start this in my own area? Uh, yeah, there's um, probably some things you could start off with is uh, could do a, a Google search on Colby Ministry and you'll find the Colby website. Uh, and look up some things on their history and how to get that started. Uh, there's also many other prison ministries that are available in different parishes. So another, another thing may be as simple as going and talking to your priest or going to talk to your staff in your in your parish. So th- those are two quick things I can think of. Okay. We've got about 30 seconds before we wrap it up here. Uh, can you tell, just sort of summarize or Give your encouragement to somebody who's listening as to what's going on. I mean, it's it sounds as though there's it's God is really working powerfully. So what what would you how would you summarize the whole thing if you could yeah. put it in a thirty seconds, forty seconds worth? I guess the you know if you think about again if we're the hands of God, so anything we can do to help spread God's word, and especially to these men in white, and they you know if you think about some things, we're very um, lucky we get to go to Mass every day if we want to. We get to go to Mass at least once a week. Well, sometimes the men in white don't. So anything we can do to help bring those things to them, to bring them the Eucharist, uh, to bring them other things, we we need to be doing those things. So if you're feeling a tug at your heart, I guess what I would say is follow it. Just follow it. Just do it. And uh, if, if you're listening, uh, if you go to that Colby Ministry re- uh, website, you can find out where their treats are and know when to pray. Uh, pray that the Holy Spirit is there. Yeah. Sean Jerica, I thank you so much for being my guest today. As usual, time slips by so quickly. I thank you so much for giving of yourself today to inform our listeners about the Colby Ministry. And till next time. Remember, when choosing between the values of heaven and the values of earth, always round up.
words and talking. I'm 